Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Now, Father, as we take our attention to your word, we know that you are the word. We know that uh, in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. And we thank you for the word. At this Christmas season, as we look beyond just the storylines, in your word we desire for the revelation of the word to be made new in our hearts. Speak to us now through the word. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. One more sidebar, and I just heard this this morning, and so I quickly wanted to be a part of the 10% and uh, grab the Bible. We normally are, but I want it to be that way all the time. Did you know that 90% of Christians do not read the Bible together in the home? 90% of Christians do not have a family altar where husbands and wives sit down with children, read Scripture, Talk for a moment, for a moment, a moment. So now, you know, I just told you the truth. Our moments get extended sometimes. So I want to encourage you in the house this morning. If you come to a place where you enjoy God's word, it will begin at home before it starts here. I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to be long, it can be a moment But gather your family, read God's word together, and pray together. It's critical. Move into the 10%. 90% of Christians do not read and pray in their homes. God's word. So the other night, around 1.30, the Holy Spirit woke me up. He woke me up and he began to speak to me about a verse that I heard many, many years ago. In fact, the professor's name at Canadian Bible College, way out in Saskatchewan, that place actually exists. I didn't think so before I went there, and I still don't believe it now that I'm back. (laughs) Make sure you cut that part out, if you will, Bradley. I am not... uh, I better stop right there. There may be Canadians here. I don't have a great resume from being in Canada for two years. That was back when I was some of your ages. And um, how many have ever been around a jerk? Y'all must be lying today. How many ever looked in the mirror and said, that was me? Now that you're a little bit further down the track. Yeah, so that's what I used to be. Used to be. His name was Professor Gooding. And he was a freak on scripture memorization. And in his class, in Bible and theology, we had to memorize scripture. How boring. Memorizing scripture for me as a teenager was like going on a date with a person you didn't really... Never mind. Anybody ever been there? 
Have I got any honest people here today? You've never been on a date when you said, oh my God, is this not over yet? Or you made up a story and left early? Can I get a witness anywhere? Okay, I've got a few. Okay, just checking. <clears throat> so I did it for a grade and I didn't do it for my walk. I'm talking about Scripture. I memorized Scripture for a grade, but it di- had nothing to do with my walk. I could care less. I was just going through the rhetoric. Wonder how many Christians are just doing that. I don't mean memorizing scripture, but you're going through what your expectations of what it means to be a Christian. But far as it impacting your life and changing you, you're where you were last year. By the way, if you're impressed with what God did here this year, wait till 2015. So say with me this morning, now we're going to get ready to lock in and go because I believe that you should score in every quarter of a game. I need to clarify because I use that word a lot, score, at school and kids hear the word score. Our young people absolutely know what that means out on the street. When I talk about scoring, I'm talking about punching it in. I'm talking about putting it in the end zone. I'm talking about putting back that shot, making sure it goes through. I'm talking about leaving nobody on base, no ducks on the pond. Everybody comes off those bases. We're talking about hits. We're talking about runs. We're talking about scoring. So this morning, I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit gave to me the other uh, morning around 1.30. It was so good that I almost woke Robin up, but then I heard the Lord. (laughs) No, I heard her breathing, and she was long gone. Something happens when people get to 50. They just snore and slobber, and some of us haven't gotten there yet, so we're in good shape. I don't know when you're going to be speaking again. <laughs> Not anytime soon. Because <laughs> she will bring stories that would make me run. Because <laughs> there are some crazy things. I heard about one that she shared just recently. And it really is like, Robin, really? I probably should have been in that line. How many men have weak moments when you say things or what? Can I not get one man to agree with me this morning? Right, okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Turn to somebody and say, not I, but Christ. Okay? Turn to the other person and say, not I, but Christ. Yeah. This morning's message is going to reveal that we're living in a society and in sections of the kingdom where Christ isn't who he should be in our lives. Not I, but Christ. The verse that he brought to my attention is found in Galatians 2.20. Who knows, Professor uh, Gooding could actually be here today. Hopefully he's actually home now. I mean, all the way home. He was a great guy. But if I'm 21, he should at least be, okay. I do those things sometimes just to find out who's paying attention. Galatians 2.20 says this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Last Sunday's message was really a message of 
pumping us up to realize what happens when the praises go up, how the blessings come down. This is a different type of message. So if you're looking for the same kind of teaching and preaching, you're going to be kind of like on the sad side because this is a different type of message with a different type of thrust that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention. And so I was wide awake around 1.30 the other morning and the Spirit of the Lord said, say it again. So I'm not going to say it again for you because of time. But he said, then go back and go to the very first part of the verse and say that. And as you know, Galatians 2.20 opens up by saying, I am crucified with Christ. I'm going to read for you this morning some quotes from individuals who have stood on platforms like this in much bigger arenas than this and have written books in the church and many of us in the church have been sleeping and Paul said, Awake thou that sleep. These quotes, I did not put their names there because I didn't want you to focus on who said these things. I am a little Messiah walking on earth. You are a little God on earth running around. Quote, we are gods and might as well get good at it. End of quote. Quote, be constantly in thought of God and you too will become God. End of quote. Quote, it is far more important that men should strive to become Christ than they should believe that Jesus was Christ. Quote, are you ready for some real revelational knowledge? You are God. End of quote. Quote, God came to earth and touched a piece of dust and turned it into a God. End of quote. I was shocked when the Holy Spirit woke me up. Not that he woke me up, but that he would bring to my attention something that I learned shortly after high school as I entered Canadian Bible College in the Providence of Saskatchewan. It was a verse that I'm familiar with, but I had never read it this way before. And I'm going to ask for the next 15 to 20 minutes or thereabouts, I'm going to ask that you really Focus and pay attention. It will help you to understand why marriages break up, why businesses close, why churches close, why people go from church to church because they've not done anything with the I am. There's only one I am and it's not me and it certainly isn't you. I said to the Holy Spirit as I was wiring myself up and my wife asked me a different question which I won't share with you. And I said, I don't feel like preaching this message this morning. And the Holy Spirit said, I didn't ask you how you felt. I asked you to deliver this word to my people. Because I had an inmate at the correctional center yesterday ask me a question. He said, uh, Mr. Weber, do you believe in the mark of the beast? I said, the Bible does, and so I do. Do you believe there will be an antichrist? I said, the Bible says, and I do. He said, do you think we're closer than what we believe? I said, I believe that we're closer today than we were yesterday. 
Because see, I don't want, I never use the gift of prophecy and the prophetic voice of the Lord to try to create an audience. So I simply said, we're closer right now, that was yesterday morning, than we were on Friday. We're closer right now to the coming of the Lord and also the revealing of the Antichrist than we were yesterday. Or for some of us that went to bed late last night, so you know that tonight's going to be different. So unless there's an emergency, there's no need to call me. I will be long gone. Come on, church. If I stay up late one night, I have got to make up for that. And for all of you who are married, my goal is to see if I can get my... Never mind. You're not there. This place is going to explode with people who love life, love one another, and love God's presence, and enjoy the Word of the Lord. So the theme this morning is going to be not I but Christ. Our main verse is Galatians 2.20. And I've got to tell you, we're going to look at two examples from God's Word about the reality of the I am that sets inside our hearts. Many of you probably have been a part of Dr. James Kennedy's um, evangelism explosion many years ago. They've updated all of that. We used to have to go out and take tracks in the city, uh, the capital of Saskatchewan. I won't pronounce that because it's so close to another word. It'll mess you up and you'll think I said that. Okay, I'm going to have fun. The name of the capital is Regina. Sorry. Now look at you all freak out. I, I love doing that stuff to religious people. I just love messing with religious people. Because, I mean, they're already being tormented, so why not turn it up? So I wasn't a fan of that either, young people. I was not a fan of passing out tracts because there was no rapport or relationship built. It was just a matter of for a grade. Did your parents make you come here today? Are you here out of some religious duty today? Or did the Spirit of the Lord bring you in here? Because see, if the Spirit of the Lord brought you in here, He's going to say something that's going to challenge you, that's going to change you, that's going to equip you, that's going to bring you to where you need to be in Him. So one of the tracks that they brought to our attention that we were to pass out, and I could handle that one because it made a lot of sense. It was a picture of the world. And inside the world there was a um, heart. And inside that heart there was a throne been many years ago, not quite as many as what happens to those who turn 50. Smile, folks. Smile. God's not mad. It's okay. You'll be amazed how I can get her to smile. All I got to do is say, where do you want to go for lunch? But for today, leaders, we're all on our own. And on the throne of these tracts that we had to hand out was a big S. And then outside the world globe was another big S. And then it spelled out the word Savior. And we were to go to people's homes and businesses who we didn't know and we didn't like. But we were doing it for a, gra- for a grade. 
You don't think this stuff doesn't connect? I go to church, but I don't like anybody who goes there. But the Bible says I'm supposed to go to church, so I'm going to church. So we would take these to individuals and we would talk and, you know, sometimes we would lie. Because we had a certain number that we had to give out. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You've never lied. I'm amazed. You just lied for saying you hadn't. And so what we would do sometimes because, you know, we just didn't want to do that. We didn't want to We would just take and drop them off in a garbage area. They weren't called dumpsters back then, but we'll call them dumpsters today. So you feel like you're as young as I am. Father, help us. And then we would just go, maybe two or three people would actually get them, and the rest of those, we would just, you know, throw them away and report back to our professor. Man, man, we witnessed for an hour and a half. God, please don't. don't. We would do those. Don't, no lightning, please. Because we weren't into... Handing out tracts. I'm not saying it's wrong, but if you don't build anything from that, the eye stays on the throne. Oh, you forgot, didn't you? Or did I forget? Outside the world, the name Savior. Inside the world, inside the heart, on the throne was the letter S, and then we were to talk about self. Every one of us carry an I am. And if you don't think so, just look back at your last disagreement where you kind of went face to face with somebody. It was an I am moment with an I am person. And you know that always creates fire. So this morning I want you to see in Galatians 2.20 something I've never seen before. And for those who would say in their hearts and minds, how slow is our pastor? I saw this years ago. Well, who's on the throne? Not by who, what you say, let me watch you. I will quickly detect if the Savior's inside or outside or if self is still on the throne. Like right now, in these moments around God's Word, before we come to a close, really, what are you doing right now? Is the Spirit of the Lord moving upon you? Or is your self-life kind of just doing its own thing? Like your head's really not here right now. Let me explain it to you this way. Michael Bennett said last night, after the game, I read it this morning, he was the young man who changed his jersey and wore number 53 for Costa Cara George, who committed suicide. Let me come down here. I have a funny one, but I can't do it because the dolls are here. But if it was all a bunch of kids, I would say it and you guys would go, man, for an old duck, he's kind of (laughs) cool. But I'm not going to let that quack. Are you here? So last Sunday, they found Costa Cara George in a dumpster. He'd taken his life. He had wrestled for three years at a prominent university, not the only university, but it's a prominent university. He walked on and made the football team. You heard a little bit about this the other day, but wait till you hear the rest of the story. And it was a little eight-year-old boy who was with his grandmother who accidentally ran ahead of his grandmother and opened up the dumpster. 
if Costa could have known that it was going to be a little eight-year-old boy that was going to find that body because of the heart that he had as a human being, he probably wouldn't have done it. Because here's the quote I want you to remember. I should almost ask you and give you a grade for it tomorrow. Oh, all of a sudden you woke up. Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking. Man, I'll sit in the back from now on. Really? What the heck does that mean to me? Not much, because I can come back there. You should know that after all the years we've been together. Andy knows how much I love him. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. We are going to bring down that spirit in our Tri-County area. Little did I know after I was sharing with our students on Monday Walter Brashear said to me I'll be back Walter Brashear said to me the last time he was here he said you must have a difficult role I said why? He said sometimes you're a pastor sometimes you're the prophet in the house. Sometimes you're an administrator as in a school. And so some, how do you keep all that straight? I just about forgot because I was having a principal's moment. See, at our school, we turn in all of our cell phones at the beginning of the day and they don't get them back to the end of the day. You should have known that having back, been with me back in the middle school 200 years ago. By the way, you have really changed over the course of 200 years. Wow. And it's not all for the good, smile. Now, the reason I'm messing with you and see everybody else is going, man, he's terrible. You really know I was joking because of how long I've known you, right? You're a beautiful young lady. Keep it that way. So Michael Bennett, out of honor to Costa took his jersey, number 53, and put away his jersey. I don't want to talk about the score, but listen to what he said. Michael Bennett said, listen very closely about the message, not I but Christ. He said, when I walked into the football arena last night, he said, everything was different in the locker room. He said, I went to all the players and everybody's eyes were at a different level. God wants the church to play at a different level. God wants us to bring our A game every day. But how are we going to do that? How are we going to play at the highest level? How are we going to get all of God's people to be on the same page? Playing for the same thing. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. It would be Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, wouldn't it? You see, in just a few moments before we close, you're going to find out that Herod's really not dead. Hmm. No, seriously. King Herod really isn't dead. He really is alive right now. But he can only stay alive if we refuse to do Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Let me introduce to you Herod. You're familiar with the Christmas story. 
Herod was the king. He was the rock and roll king who could handle Rome. That's why I said rock and roll. He knew how to compromise. He knew how to get for the Jewish people what they needed. Similar to the quotes that I just gave to you that are out on platforms in books and many people who are Christians will absolutely go anywhere to hear these people speak. Herod knew how to help the self in you. He knew how to placate to Rome and to the Jews. The only problem... I'm in Matthew chapter 2 right now. The only problem that King Herod had were three wise men. I want to declare over this house and all those that are going to be coming in in 2015 who want to do life with us and we want to do life with them that, listen, wisdom is in this house. Wisdom is available. You can tap into it anytime and it will remain as long as you are willing to leave and lead the crucified life. But wisdom drains out when self pops back up. See, the enemy doesn't mind. I mean, if he can't get you to hell, then the next thing is to make sure self stays on the throne. You might be born again, but let me tell you who's the king. So that's, that's his big game. If he can't destroy you and put your soul in eternity, then the next thing is to just let Herod live on the throne. And so the wise men show up <laughs> to the king. What do you do when wise people come to you, king? Are you all here in these moments? What are you doing when godly people come to you and make an investment into your life? Why do you always let King Herod keep reigning and ruling in your life? But oh, is he ever slick. But you got to know who the Antichrist is. He's coming. See, sometimes we do get bored with the stories we've already heard. But this is a whole new dimension. I've already heard about the three wise men and I heard about King Herod and this is so boring to me until I tell you that Herod is alive in you and now you're mad and can't wait to get out of here and get away from a godly leader. Wisdom will remain until self shows up. Wisdom will remain until self shows up. Well, here they come, three wise men. They show up and the king shows out. And he uses the tactic that was so powerful for Lucifer when he was in heaven. Didn't he? We're in Matthew chapter 2. Just follow along. Stay with me right here, right now. Be in the now moment. Let me look into your eyes and see if game time is ready. Let me look right up in your eyes and see if you're just kind of hanging on, hoping, my God, will he please finish? Let me look into your eyes and see if you're about ready to hit the main floor of this new week and ready to play at a high level with the wisdom of God and the crucified life alive and active in you. 
So the three men, there they are. Wow, three wise men from the east. Here you are. I don't want to really play the role of the king, but perhaps it might be good. And so he begins to ask questions. He begins to interrogate. One of the keys of the self-life is to always interrogate. Everybody but yourself. Everybody but you. Love to put other people on the hot seat. Just don't, not me. Because you know who I am. You don't know who I am? Why, of course you know who I am. You say you're from the east? I introduce to you King Herod. I'm the king of the Jews. I'm the king that is able to get my people what they need from Rome. Nobody else has done it as well as I have. So as you come from the east, bringing this news about a Messiah, a Messiah to the Jews, I'm the Jewish king. What they need is already hit. The day of the Lord is approaching and the spirit of the Antichrist is rising. And so he says to them, of course in mockery, and after all these years of ministry, you don't think I haven't seen people come into various locations where we have been in small facilities to even this facility and they almost mock worship? And so he pulls up the throne. And they get to see his real heart. Or they think they see the real heart. When you guys have located where this, you guys call him the Messiah. When you find this Messiah, do me a favor. Report back to me, because I'm the king. And tell me the location. This is Matthew chapter 2, by the way. Tell me the location because I too... By the way, what are you guys coming here for? You've come all the way from the east bearing... Oh my goodness, what are these gifts? Are these gifts for me? You, you brought these gifts to me, the king? You've come into my presence? You are ready to bow before me? Oh, it's not for me? It's for this Messiah? This, this baby? These gifts are not for me, who's the king of the Jews? Oh, you're taking them to him? How did you get here? You said a star? I thought you were wise men. You mean to tell me that a star has led these men to this city? To my, to my kingdom? During my reign? Do you remember the hymn, the song that we sang this morning? Huh. A star. A star brought you here? And you say there's a new star coming to the people? I'm the star. I'm the center of attention. Do we need to go to Walmart this afternoon and watch children as they lead their parents all through these stores, letting the parents know who the star is? You mean to tell me there's not an I am on the throne? You mean to tell me I am is not alive? Had a parent say to me the other day in another community where I was, 
working with this particular school, they said, we, we don't know what to do with our child. We're, we're going to bring them to you. God releases wisdom so that you will know what to do. As God gets ready to unveil and unmask what he has in store for this ministry, the wisdom is going to be available to the leaders. But if self gets on the throne, you're going to see the draining of the wisdom of God. God won't play with your self-life. God will not play with you three. What God do you serve? Don't you know that I'm the God of these Jewish people? They look to me. But the Bible says that we are to look and live. We are to look to Him who was crucified before the foundations of the world. We are to look to Him. The Bible says that we are to look and live. The Bible says in the book of Acts that we live and move and have our being in Him. But don't you understand that you're in my providence? Don't you understand that you're in my country? Do you not know that I can make you go back to the east? But you have troubled me. You have troubled me greatly. Out of nowhere you show up. In my, ki- in my kingdom? How dare you come into my kingdom with yourself? Don't you know who's on the throne? I'm on the throne. So wise men. Magi's from the east. You think. Here's what I want you to do. When you have found him, I want you to return to me. We're in Matthew chapter 2. And I want you to give me the glowing report of what you have found. Tell me if you've really found a Messiah. And when you come and give me the report, I too, you said you were going to go and lay these gifts at his feet. And then you said... You've come all the way from the east so that you can worship? Worship him? Do you not know that everyone here in Israel, they worship me? I'm the king. I'm the king. When I show up, the red carpet is rolled out. When I come around, everybody listens to me. I'm the king. But do me a favor, would you? Because you say you're wise men. I'll see how wise you are. I want you to return to my palace. And I want you to give me the location. Because I too want to go. I too want to worship. I too want to worship him. Church, there's more mockery that goes on when self is on the throne. As we come to a close this morning, you know as well as I do, he had no intentions of worshiping the Messiah. He had no intentions of bringing himself down off that throne. It was his world and it was going to be his way and his will was going to overshadow all of the Jewish people. It didn't matter that he was not the good shepherd. He was the king. But that same Messiah who grew up to be the Lord of lords 
And the king of of kings, infuriated King Herod. When I get a chance, I'm going to go back up and give you one other quote. And I'm thinking right now how diligent Pastor B was in preparing all of my notes, but the Spirit of the Lord has moved me away from all of that. The context is here, but all the work that he did has kind of been bypassed. Not intentionally, but in obedience. Have you ever noticed a person when they're on the throne and they're in charge, they see things that you're doing intentionally and do not know that you are walking in obedience to the Spirit of the Most High God? Let's close out the story. Because the self-life is ruthless. If I don't get my way today, I'll be back tomorrow. And you may have gotten me five years ago, but I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for my opportunity. I'm waiting for that moment. Listen to the self-life talk. I'm not saying anything right now, but I'm charting everything. King Herod's not dead. But he is out to destroy the Messiah. And so the Bible says that the three wise men, I know you know the story, but will you receive the warning? That's different. The Bible says that they were warned, don't go back to King Herod. They didn't ask any questions because they weren't on the throne. Ooh. They didn't ask any questions. They just obeyed the warning. I bet you're wondering, well, what's the warning? How gullible the church has been. How gullible the body of Christ has been. And how we almost, and I don't know all of the great adjectives, how we almost just throw ourselves at key speakers or key worship people and they say something that doesn't even line up with God's Word and we believe it and we buy it. And then all of a sudden there's a seed on the inside that begins to destroy wisdom. And self that had been placed outside our world is now back in our heart and back up on the throne running the show. So the warning came and the three men were very alert like you three. And they said, so what do you think? What do you you guys think? We've seen the Messiah. We laid our gifts there before Mary and Joseph and the baby. What do you guys think? And they began to share. Well, let's, let's obey the warning. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 that they did not go back the way that they came. Are you going to walk out of here differently this morning? Or are you going to walk out the way you came in? It all depends on where self is. And where the Savior is. See, many churches teach about salvation. But they never talk about the crucified life. And certainly not at the Christmas season. Because maybe we can have a joint relationship. Jesus, good morning, Jesus. 
Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. But would it be possible for me to have a joint throne with you? Could we share some time together? Oh, oh, Jesus, I know that there was one who came and bowed at your feet and sat at your feet. I heard about how the one began to weep and they actually wiped the tears with their hair. But I'm not talking about that, Jesus. What I'm talking about is, can I join you on the throne? Can, Can you have four days and I'll take three days? You definitely can have Sunday and Wednesday. I give you two others. Which ones do you... Have you noticed who's doing all the talking? Not Jesus, but the self-life. I'll give you Sunday and Wednesday. And I'm going to need Friday and Saturday for sure. Because there's things I want to do and there's places I want to go. And there's some things I still got to hold on to. So now we're even two, two. Jesus, you can pick yours. I'll... But four to three and, and I'll... Is it Okay. I mean, I will respect your moments. But I do have a tendency, Jesus, to lord it over on other people. But I know you understand because you've already forgiven me of all my sins. And it makes me feel so proud to know that I'm forgiven. And I want to thank you, Jesus, as I look down at you. I want to thank you that you gave me the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And all the gifts. So can, can we work this out, Jesus? And the Bible says that Herod became furious. Matthew chapter 2. He was furious because what he had told them to do, there was a higher calling. And that higher calling had a warning that they needed Has God been warning you? What's God been warning you about? That they were not to return the way that they had come. They were going to go another way. He was so furious that this is what he did. You all know the story. He wasn't going to share the spotlight with no Messiah. So he put out a decree. You know what the decree was. Every male boy, two years and down, was going to die. Because I'm going to find out where that Messiah is. Because I'm not interested in sharing time with Jesus. Sit down, Jesus. There's only one Messiah for my people. I'm that Messiah. There's no way that there will be two thrones in my kingdom. It is my kingdom. It's my throne. I have fought to get to the top of the mountain. And now I'm king of the mountain. Go take out all these two-year-olds and down. I want every male killed. Kill every one of them. You remember what I have already done, how I've killed my own family members. And my own immediate loved ones I have had killed. It means nothing to me. 
Go take those kids out. I will not even hear their cries. And if there's any way that anyone leaves the country and heads to another area, by all means, kill them. As we close this morning, let's go to the palace. The wise men have gone now. Oh, Lord Jesus, if you and we were working in basketball right now, we would be in trouble. There would be some men on the blue line. Or they would be in the end zone getting ready to run 100 yards down the field. They're sitting back there right now. I had no idea what he was talking about. He he never said a word to us what he was going to do this morning. Don't feel bad. I didn't know this is the way the Holy Spirit was going to do it, but I go with the flow. I obey the voice of the Lord. Come with me to the palace. The only thing that I care about is not the people. I care about these people. I wasn't appointed to be a shepherd to them. I don't care about their financial needs. I don't care if they have their... I don't care about their children. I don't care about anything. All I care about is my kingdom. All I care about is protecting my throne. I've been there since I was born. I fought to get on top of this hill. And I own the hill. And I'm the king. As you know, the Bible records that Herod came to an awful climax in his life. The church, the body of Christ, is at a crossroad. Not just this house. We've been way too gullible because someone's name with fame and their bling bling and all that they demand to be able to come and we do everything we possibly can to get them to come or that we can go to where they are did you know did you hear about did you know who's going to be there come on let's go and then all of a sudden the inner man has been opened up listen to this closing story a parent said to me the other day Remember what was just said. I don't know what you're going to do when you get this student. All I can tell you is that every day there are different personalities that show up. Where did you go, Pastor? When you get in a frenzy because other people want you to do what they're doing, Or go here or go there or let's all get together and go hear this person or let's go jam out with this. And you open yourself up. You open yourself up to everything that's out there. The invitation this morning is going to be a lot better than it was back in the early 70s when I was a student at Canadian Bible College. God isn't going to toss this invitation away. Holy Spirit, you're phenomenal. He's not going to toss 
any of the tracks aside. In fact, He's tracking us. He's been tracking you and I for a long time. Let me tell you how close His voice is to my inner ear. When He said to me, read it again. Read it one more time and stay right there. He said, there's way too much of that in here. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. We can't have dual thrones. I can't share time in the throne room of my heart. One day I'm on, one day he's on. The invitation is so simple today. Are there individuals here this morning that would say, Pastor, I'm with you. I struggle with my self-life. Man, there's days when I think, man, Pastor, I feel like it's, wow, it's finally subsiding. The crucified life is working. And then all of a sudden, up pops. And there I go again. I thought Herod was only in the Bible. Doggone it. He shows up in my life. I mean, I'm even willing, right now he's talking to me, I'm even willing to cut family members out. I I don't care. Of course I'm not going to go out and actually do what Herod did to his family members, but if they don't want to be with me on the same team, then I'll just cut them off. It's an act of Herod. That's enough. I don't want to build. The message has been laid thoroughly by the Spirit of the Lord. The invitation is for those who know that the crucified life is the victorious life. Dying to self will strengthen your marriage. Here's the quote the Holy Spirit gave to me. Listen closely. Remember I said way back there in the 70s? I memorized this verse, but it didn't mean a thing to me. The un- Listen, the unveiling of the Word of God strikes terror in the human heart. God has taken and unveiled His Word this morning. And it has been striking terror in my heart ever since it happened Wednesday night. I asked the Lord yesterday, let's get ready to close. I said, after a message like vision, why would you wake me up to talk to me about this? Because only the self-life hinders the vision of God. Shall we stand? In a moment, there's going to be a phenomenal song that's going to be sung by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. They're here. You just can't see them. It's an opportunity for us to take up that cross and lead and live the crucified life. Because the vision of God is going to come forth in this house this year. Mm -hmm. And so that everyone feels comfortable, we're going to have communion. And as we take communion, you make your declaration to the Lord. See yourself doing what I did just a few moments ago. Removing your throne and leaving only one.
In fact, I'm going to ask one of the young men if they'll take another one of the red chairs and put it right there. Maybe that's why we're not always winning in Chiefland. Be quick. I need one of the young ladies to grab that chair right there. Put it right here. Why? Because when you come to have communion this morning, there's only going to be one person on the throne of your heart. It's Jesus Christ. For those who are walking this way. So I need our leaders, our men, who are going to serve communion, to come. Stand in proximity of these chairs. If our elders and leaders will come for communion. I'm making a small adjustment so we can use time wisely. But as you come, and be honest this morning. This is how raw I really am. If you can't come and just look at the one chair, maybe you want to walk over here and go, it's, it's, still, it's still dual. It's still dual in my life. Maybe I can actually get some individuals to go, you know what, Pastor? That bothers me so much that when I come to have communion this morning, I'm going to take that chair out of there. I'm going to move that chair out of the way because there's not going to be any more. You're awesome. There's not going to be any more dual thrones in my life. It's Christ and Christ alone. Lest you forgot the title of the message, not I but Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. That you love us so much and you have really warned us in a major way this morning that there's a lot of things going on in the kingdom of Jesus Christ that is totally out of alignment with the cornerstone. As we prepare for communion and as we come, I pray that there will be an announcement, a pronouncement in the lives of individuals as they take communion that they will absolutely make sure that Jesus is seated on the crucified life on the throne of their hearts. As we enjoy, Father God, this time of communion with you, we once again dedicate ourselves to lead and live the crucified life. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.